Welcome back to the Talking Walls podcast. My name is Matthew Cooper and today we're joined by two familiar faces. We've got Finners. Finners, how are you doing, mate? I'm all right. Hello, Matthew. I haven't heard that before. Matthew. Yeah, I'm right, yeah, how are you? I'm great, yeah, I'm good, mate. <laughs> the world. It's, uh, it's been a while, hasn't it? We haven't been on the podcast for, for quite a while, but I thought we'd, we'd bring it back. And how, how better way to bring it back than in the steam company of Tom Rouse? Tom, how are you? I'm all right, thank you. Nice to uh, be back on Talking Wolves regularly. Uh, yeah, we'll be virtually, never... not in my uh, kitchen, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, but you, you started to do a lot more content on your own channel again, haven't you, recently? Uh, yes, I wouldn't say that it's in- increased quality, but it's increased volume, certainly. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I just, I just felt, and I, I know we've spoken about this before we started the podcast, but just needing to have a good few months away from doing any sort of content at all. Or I try to do different things, but you know, to very, very little interest of others, but that didn't bother me particularly. I was trying to do my podcast with my friend Billy, which I'm still doing, the Show Us Your Kit podcast, which I quite enjoy doing, but again, doesn't get lots of listens, but it's enjoyable. Um, changed the name of the channel for a bit and stuff, and just messed about, and uh, then realised, yeah, yeah <laughs> but, but you know, people aren't interested in that sort of stuff, and that's fine. And now I'm doing the wolves again, and that's <laughs> gone, fine. Gone full circle, gone full circle. Well, anyway, it's good to see you back. Anyway, Tom on the channel regularly. We've, uh, yeah, I've certainly missed you. I don't know if Dave has, but I have. Um, <laughs> Just a bit of a running order today. We're going to go for the last two games, next three games, looking at Newcastle, City and Villa and looking where, where Wolves can finish this season. Could there be a late push for for, uh, for Europe? Are we going to be mid-table mediocrity? Having a look at, little look at Nelson Semedo's improvement over the last few weeks and then also your questions. So let's start with the Southampton game in the league. I know it's extremely cliche, but it really was a game of two arse, wasn't it, Finn? Yeah, Jekyll and I, game of two halves, all of those. It was just how a team can be so different. It was literally the same as Southampton the year before. I don't know what goes on at half time in that in that changing room. Um, whether they figure, oh, let's swap the wingers or let's actually try and win a tackle. I saw something about our tackle percentage or something. I know, like I'm one for the stats, and it was like eleven percent in the first half yeah, so. and forty something in the second. It's like whatever goes on in there, whatever they put in the Lucas aid. Um, I'd love to know, but uh, well, no, yeah, brilliant second half. But that first half, I, I was like, if there was been content going out at half time, the meltdown, <laughs> like it would have been worse than like West Brom. We were so bad, like mm. so so bad. I don't know yeah, uh, what you think it's absolutely terrible, wasn't it? But yeah. it like, I, I know it's like everyone was having a really bad game. Like the, the defense was like you could have driven the bus through our back three. And then, like the, the midfield too, literally just kept giving the ball away. But what did you think of it, Tom? Would you would you agree with Finn? Like just absolute shambles, and then a lot better, or were you still? Yeah, I think the first half was so disorganised. There were a couple of times where I spotted Cody and Dendonka in particular make trying to make interceptions twenty yards into the opposition's half, and then and then immediately we were broken on, and there was Sace and the two wing backs just looking at each other, panicking, because they were just so out of their depth. We were very, very fortunate to only be one down at half-time in that game. And uh, it, we, like, well, like Finn just said, they, they've managed to turn it around somehow at half-time. I don't think it was just as simple as swapping the wingers. I think there was a few teacups thrown, a, few, a bit of hair-dry treatment from Nuno. Um, but I don't know what it was, because they, you know, there was quite a lot of pressure on that game beforehand, having, you know, Nuno had put this... Terrible front three out against them in the oh, cup. Which wasn't really. Thank, thank yeah. God we're not talking about that today. <laughs> but um, 
the there was there was pressure and the pressure on Nuno and his selection select uh, pressure on the players who were picked as the first choice uh, front three, and they didn't perform at all. Um, I think that you know we might come on to William Jose at some point, but I don't think there was any blame at him. It was just there was no cohesion between the different areas of the pitch and the different thirds. It was just you know completely. Uh, no clue at all, no plan, you know, how things join together. And that's just not how Nuno plays football, not how Wolves have played football in the four years that we've had under Nuno. It's always very, very structured, very disciplined. And it just looks atrocious. And well, yeah. and the midfield too as well, couldn't connect anything up as well. And it was awful. But then, yeah, yeah. as Finn has just said, second half was superb. That's one of the criticisms I've had of Nuno this season. Like, I know he's not been his biggest fan this season, but one thing we can always say about Nuno at Wolves and his tenure is we've all, whether it's an enjoyable brand of football or not, we've always had that philosophy of being tight at the back, like mm. defending really well, really, really structured and regimented. But this season, we just, we just haven't been. So it's, uh, we, we've almost, we had almost lost a little bit of, of identity. But apparently, Nuno isn't, isn't one for the hairdryer treatment, but. He must have said something at, at half-time to, to G them up because it, it looked like a completely different team, didn't it, Finn? Yeah, I feel like he'd be, he'd be more of a... Like, it'd be really effective if he was just like, I'm not mad, I'm disappointed. Like, those yeah. eyes. <laughs> I'd be like, I'm so sorry. I'm going to do something in the second half. But um, but <laughs> but no, yeah, he's... Uh, although he doesn't, as you say, he, he isn't one for the for the hairdryer. He just seems like a scary bro- bloke all round. And, um, and going back to, to what you were saying about tactical switches I was thinking and I should have said before in that first half do you remember that time it must have been about a year ago when Nuno gave Joe Edwards that hairdryer for suggesting Jota was a winger and I was thinking in that That first half yeah I was thinking and it's been picked up in games um, recently how both of them were so like Neto and Traore both got chalk on their boots as of the wing backs Joe Edwards in that first half should have been going down giving Nuno like the these are wingers (laughs) And then the second half, they weren't. And it's been, for a long time, they were wingers, weren't they? Like, it wasn't none of this inside-forward stuff. It, I remember that. Like, this, this, this is football. This is not numbers. Like, yeah, was Johnny is our winger. John, yeah. yeah, Johnny and Johnny Doherty are our wingers. Yeah. Like, Joe Edwards, yeah. bless me, then he just got the job and he was just sat there. Like, he <laughs> just saw my... He's back on now. Like, <laughs> I, you know what? I, I, just to come off topic a little bit, I, I do genuinely feel sorry for Joe Edwards because he's, he's actually quite... A, he's, a, he's a good reporter, but... Like, if we lose for some reason, it's not Nuno's fault. It's Joe Edwards' fault. I know, Tom, you you probably got a different opinion for me, and it is it is journalist union, mate. But <laughs> but it came up but on yeah. my um on my YouTube the other day. One of those beanie man talk, the ones that put out the press conferences, mm. and it was Southampton when we lost just after the FA Cup, and all he said was like, um, "That's winless here on five on the road or whatever." And he went, "Well, we've played home games and walked out." It's like, why does he just go at him every time? Yeah. Weird. But, he really you know, doesn't like media duties, does he? Like, he, just, yeah. he just absolutely hates them. But I think Nuno is the master of, well, he's a politician. Answer says a lot about a little. And I know, I know, I know that journalists do put the questions too, not the difficult questions, but he just negotiates around them. And I think there is an element of being scared of like, rubbing him up the wrong way because the club could just be like, see you later, then like, you're not got access. But it, it must be a difficult one. But yeah, just going, obviously going back to the Southampton game. Second half, switch to wingers, but we're also playing with like a real intensity and we're like pressing from the front. And I've not seen us play like that for, well, under Nuno, probably you can count on, on one hand, Tom. 
Well, I tweeted in the first half uh, about Wolves being low on confidence and they looked a team low on confidence as well. And I said, you know, as a real amateur footballer, five-a-side, if I'm having a terrible game, I will just run around because then you look as if you're like contributing something and you like press players or you might might make somebody... We've seen you and Molly. There was no running around. You weren't playing great. <laughs> I was playing well that game. That's why I made chances. <laughs> I had chances. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that, that's all. That's that's all I wanted was to see a bit of effort, a bit of passion from the players. I think uh, Podence is the best player at doing that. He just looks like he really cares about every second of the game. And without him in the team, Neto shows it a bit. Cody shows it by shouting, but there's not a lot of passion and effort in that team. Otherwise. And uh, and that's what the difference was in the second half is they just ran they just they moved the ball quickly and they they forced Southampton into a few mistakes not many but you know enough to win a game and uh, and it was just from more pace and more you know yeah I don't know crisper our, passing our stats since we've come into the Premier League and I saw it a couple of days ago like for like how many times a pre- a, I know it's like it's probably one of them stats like XG where you think it's nonsense but yeah. like. How many times we've engaged the press over like 90 minutes and we're like, I think we're like bottom of the league by by a bull's ride. And I think even West Brom pressed better than us. <laughs> we were like 12 centre-backs. Um, but I'm I'm not a, a hard man to please. All I want is like, obviously us to win games. I want us to like, I want to be exciting to watch. And that second half is everything I've ever wanted from us. Like high intensity. Press from the press from the front, force the opposition into making mistakes higher up the pitch, so you got a better chance of scoring. And you know what? Southampton aren't aren't a fan. They're not a fantastic team. They've just got a lot of energy and they work hard. And I think we 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 press the presses in the, in the second half and we, and we come out on top. But I think the decision to swap the wingers over, or sorry, inside forwards, if you're listening, Nuna, because they're not wingers. Um, I think that that obviously they drove infield, which help then Jose link the play because we're a lot closer. Whereas if you play Trier on the right and Neto on the left, it's like, right, just bomb down the line, try and get to the byline and aimlessly lump a ball into the box. The the thing I was going to say on the back of uh, what you were just saying there, the Southampton had lost five games in the in a row in the league and we never play the situation. We always just play, you know, the, our way. The, the best example of that was when I slagged them off uh, when we beat Besiktas away last year and I said we should have been going for them. We should have been killing them in the first 20 minutes and trying to get a goal early on and then really batter them because they were rubbish and they had the chairman had walked out. There'd have been all sorts of injuries. We never play. Southampton have lost five games in a row. Let's get in their face. Let's panic them. Let's try and get a goal early on. Their heads will drop and then we'll go and score two or three. We never do that ever. And that's another thing that Nuno doesn't ever get right. He's a little bit arrogant perhaps in that respect. But then... It works, you know, a lot of the time, 60% of the time or whatever his win, win percentage is. He's really cautious though, isn't it? Like, I always see, like, we're playing teams in four, who are out of form. So, like, don't worry, because we're like, we'll, mm. give you a, we'll give you a head start anyway. I think that is something that needs to be addressed. But, yeah, I thought the second half was a lot better. But, Finn, did you feel like it papered over the cracks a little bit? Or do you feel like it was uh, a bit of a turning point? For me, I felt like because of the, the manner that we, we clawed it back... Not like where the Arsenal game where it was a bit of a freak game. I did feel like it was a little bit of a turning point. Yeah, if you split almost, I mean, the last four is where we've really picked up our our form, isn't it? And the whole of the Arsenal game, I felt that is the luckiest performance I've ever seen. First half Southampton, if you're splitting it up, it's like 
three out of the 12 halves, I've thought, God, we've been so lucky there, like not to be absolutely battered. Um, so it is promising now. There's more of a trend to look at to see better performances in the Leicester game, in the Leeds game. But just the Southampton game alone, if you were taking it or you'd never seen a Wolves game before, you'd say maybe they were lucky because we should have been, been further down. You could say the penalties, like one could have gone for us, one couldn't. And yeah, I wasn't too convinced. But I think with that general trend, it's easy to now go, oh, yeah, we're going to be brilliant. We're going to get into Europe. Nothing's wrong. But um, but no, yeah, if, if you're taking that just on its own, there were, there were real problems. But that second half, I think you can always tell, I don't know, do you remember when, in, I think it was in the championship season when people were saying, I don't know, maybe change the formation if we're one down. I remember Forrest, I think, in the December, mm. like, go for it. And he said, I don't change the formation to be more attacking or whatever. I just change the players within it or whatever. And you can tell wherever our wing backs are. I always, that shows our intent. And Semedo, it was a 3-4-3, wasn't it then, in that second half? Whereas yeah. it was more of a 5-2-3, if you know what I mean. And I mean, it's gone wrong in that 3-4-3. I remember West Ham this season, where that gap between Semedo and the right <laughs> centre-back and Vinagre is just awful. But when it works well and we can yeah, be on the front foot like that and you've got attacking wing backs that can... Can do what they want to do. It's it's looking promising going forward. That is definitely that tweak. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like the we all we all said like when Jimenez comes back, it'll be a lot better. But I think John, I think Johnny coming back has been it well be as equally as important because he's he's added so much balance to the side, hasn't he, Tom? Yeah, he was somebody I uh, made a note of a couple of weeks ago and saying the sooner he can come back, the better because however good the potential of a Nori. And uh, who's the other one? Marcel. I mean, Marcel has, has got legs made of poppadoms. <laughs> it's a weird tone in that. I can see what I've seen it for the fee, but mm. everywhere he's been, he's been cropped. I know. It's, it's a shame. But he, he looks a really good player as well, Marcel. But to have Johnny, who's going to... And, you know, I was into the Athletic earlier on, uh, and they were saying, you know, as soon as he can get up to 90 minutes, the better. That left-hand channel has looked so much more secure. Like uh, Kilman did a really good job. But I think he was exposed a lot, and there was a lot of extra pressure on Cody then uh, in the middle to cover for two players rather than just the one. Uh, yeah. And it, going forward as well, he's had a lot of contributions as well. Just the little quick one-twos that we used to see with Jota, uh, whether that's been with Traore or Neto, it hasn't mattered because you know Johnny's good enough to be able to to do it with either either player, and the fact he's right-footed as well, but he's fairly strong on his left as well, is uh, really really positive and. I think if he'd have been fit all season, I think we'd have been we'd have been six points better off easily. That's just a number I'm picking off the top of my head. I haven't got like examples of goals that we've conceded down the left hand side. You sure you're working out, please, Tom? <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 do, I do agree. I think we've missed him more than Jimenez. I think we've had to adapt our style of play completely because of losing Jimenez. But uh, you know, we've been able to still pick up some results on the way uh, with Johnny. Though it's just been a, a gaping hole. Yeah. There's been no stability, has it, in that left back position? Like we've had, like you said, eight Nuri, Marcel, who was played there, Saïs has played nice. there, Kilman played there. It's like now we've got Johnny back. It's um, it, we do look a lot, a lot more sturdy going forward and 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 defensively. But I, I remember we were, I mean, we were, we were fairly poor when we had Jimenez this season, weren't we? Like it wasn't like we lost Jimenez and all of a sudden we were shit overnight. Like it was, well, we weren't great. We so that Arsenal game, we went up to 20 points and we went into sixth place. So I would disagree with that just because we've only picked up yeah. 12 points or 13 points in, in the time after that. So And we've played now as many games or more games now without Jimenez than we did with him this season. So I do, the impact of his goals, I think, what, what was it, four in nine 
at the start of this season. And he was still our like top that. scorer, wasn't he, until very yeah, recently. Yeah, until last week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But with that Southampton game, look, I, I love the way that we pressed in the second half. We looked a lot better. But I thought if we go and play, if we go and try and match Leeds in the same way we had with Southampton, I thought we'd get absolutely pumped. And I wouldn't have been mad at Nuno if he took a bit more of a kind of conservative approach to it. But were you surprised moving on to the Leeds game? Finn, were you hang surprised? On, hang on. Sorry, Matt. Sorry to interrupt, Matt. You can't <laughs> you can't move on from the Southampton game without talking about Pedro Neto's goal. Come on now. <laughs> I was going to ask the question, um, but it's already been covered by by the Wolves' official account. Whose goal was better? Was it Ebanks, Blake's, or Neto's? Because they were both quite similar. Go on, Finn. Well, I, I can't believe I didn't see it at the time. Like, I, it's honestly one of my favourite goals ever. I remember exactly where I was. I wasn't there. I was at Green Man Pub with my dad, and I, like he became like a legend then to me. Then Sylvan Ebanks, Blake. But watching it side by side, I can't believe I never saw the similarities. But it's still Ebanks Blake all the way for me. The fact it was then technically his weak foot as well. Neto got it on his on his nice foot. But um, yeah, I just, I, just, I just didn't see it until until they put them side by side. What do you reckon, Rose? I, I, I saw it play. immediately. I tweeted it out, so I'm taking all the credit. I reckon the Wolves account saw me. Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> Nuno, Nuno watches me, so you know he might have passed it on to them. Uh, but he doesn't watch me. I was. <laughs> <laughs> I was more surprised when Ebanks Blake did what he did. I was expecting that. I, I expect that sort of level of skill from Neto. So, for me, the bigger shock, the bigger reaction was from Ebanks Blake's goal. Uh, but also, Ebanks Blake's goal just uh, didn't win us that game. It was a the Carl Henry goal later on in that game that won us the game. So, in terms of that's more of a miracle. Well, it, that is. Yeah, <laughs> that was his last goal for about three or four years. That was. <laughs> Yeah, so for me, it's the Ebanks Blake goal lock. I just remember, I used to love Ebanks Blake, just the way he used to play, he used to bully bully defenders. And for me, the, the fact that he's kind of took it to the byline and nutmegged him from behind and then took it onto his weak foot, it, it's yeah. the better goal for me. Didn't He nutmegged Greg Halford, didn't he, as well? Is it Greg Halford? No, I, don't think it, I don't know if it was, but Halford was certainly playing for Charlton that day. Yeah, so yeah. It might have been Halford, yeah. I think it was, which makes it even sweeter because he's a total twat. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but, um, I mean, it was... It, Sorry for skimming over it, but Neto's goal was was superb. Question marks about the keeper, but if you well, I I'd, I'd, the, the pace of that shot, he's got to be a hell of a keeper to be stopping that. He's not expecting him to to whip it into that far post as as quickly. It's not like he's gone in his near post and he should be covering it. I think that's you've got to give a lot of credit to Neto. And, I know Vestergaard's obviously a bit like a fridge freezer, but the way he managed to turn him was like. I think he's still on the turn now, Vestergaard. He's just <laughs> on there trying to get around on the cover. I, I couldn't believe how, how easily it went past him. And then to have the, the confidence and the audacity to then just whip it in the into the far corner, I thought I thought it was fantastic. And that's, you know, it's probably... Would, would you say it's our goal of the season or would you say Matinho's was? Or I think I think it's the goal of the season so far. What individual brilliance. What do you reckon, Finn? Mm. Well, do you know what would have been goal of the season, leading perfectly into mm. the Leeds game? If that goes in off the cross, but if that goes in straight away, that's goal of the season for me. But no, yeah, the Neto one's up there. Um, I can't think of many really satisfying ones. Like the first goal we scored in the season, that Pedence to Jimenez one. Yeah. It's just really, yeah. really satisfying. But as a like wow factor, here's yeah. Jao's, yeah. And, and Adama's or Meslier's goal, it's up there for me. <laughs> it's, a, it's a great link, link Finn. So as we're moving on to the Leeds game, um, I wasn't... <laughs> I would have been happy if we'd have like sat and contained Leeds for like 60 minutes and had a go, which is a bit you know hypocritical because that's what I've moaned at. But 
Stockholm I, syndrome. You used to. I was I was so shocked to see it. <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was so shocked to see us approach that game in the way we did. How were you like? Were you shocked, Tom? Do you think we were going to contain, or do you just think we were going to go for it? Um, well, if you remember the first game at Ellen Road, we really sat off and we was terrible. We gave Leeds so much respect just because of this Bielsa, you know, I don't know what it, Messiah complex that the government, not the government, uh, <laughs> what are they called? The media. <laughs> they all seem, they, well, if you ask me, the media is a branch of the government, but never mind. That's a different podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, so we gave them far too much respect to Ellen Road. We didn't, we didn't give them that at all. But what I have said uh, in hindsight after the Leeds game, uh, lots of Leeds fans were saying, "Oh, you didn't get behind our back four. We managed to keep it arm's length, which is fine and it's true. We didn't get behind them at all, but we still made chances by following Neto's mother's advice and just shooting. And we, you know that's where the goal came from. You don't take risk. You don't have a shot. Goals don't happen. We don't walk the ball in from thirty yards out." You have to have a have a pop at goal and you know hope for a deflection like in the first game or off the crossbar yeah. in this game. It, you know, our luck has turned and those things yeah. have started to go for us now. Their keeper though, like he's, he's I know he's only a young lad, but he's been extremely inconsistent this season. Like he can have some really good games and then his other games, he's like chucking goals in. Mm. So if I was the coaching staff, I'd be saying like shoot on site, like test him. Keep testing, keep putting him under pressure, and I think that's what he did. And it was good to see us like actually just have a shot, um, rather mm-hmm. than like driving down to the ball and trying to like, lump across into the box. But I thought in I thought in the first half as well, like Matinho and Neves did a, did a, did a great job of like screening that back five and like recovering the ball really well. And um, I thought I, I thought we I thought we pressed leads. I thought we more than matched them in the own game. But what did you think, Finn? What do you think of the well first half? To start with, yeah, it was a real shock. I mean, there's about four or five shots on target, weren't there? And I don't think many of them were from from inside the box. And I think, as you say, Neto's mum's got inside his head because <laughs> there was a few where I was like, "Mate, that, I, I mean, I want to see shots, but why are you shooting from there?" But um, I suppose we'll take it over and um, trying to walk it in. Um, yeah, it was it, as a, as you say, the first game. I just expected it to be a carbon copy of that. Obviously, it's come out with the same result both times. And thinking about it, as you said, two really jammy like fortunate goals I forgot about the first one going in off a man bun but as mm-hmm. you say if you shoot sometimes it goes in I think of like um like the one we conceded at Crystal Palace shouldn't really be going in there's so many where mm. if you just shoot um that was one we conceded that is not ours yeah. um, unfortunately um but no yeah a big improvement but as you say we didn't really get in behind I think Calvin Phillips would have made a big difference that was a big miss I think he's a brilliant player um, one for maybe our midfield, but I think the, the Premier League tax on that would be a bit too much. So, Renato Sanchez for me, if we get into that. But, um, but, uh, but no, yeah, it was it was good. The goal was in the second half, though, wasn't it? Thinking about it, it was in the second half. It was, yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. the Renato so, fans should, like, that shout is, like, break glass in emergency. When someone asks, like, who should Wolf sign it summer, it's like... Portuguese, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, Portuguese midfielder, please. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, I, I agree. It was nice to just see us have a go at teams. I thought second half, we, we faded a little bit. But I think we just looked knackered. Like, we'd, mm-hmm. like, we'd, we'd gone toe-to-toe with Leeds and... I'd I'd said on the fans react that you know we 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 pressed them off the pitch first half and there was loads of Leeds fans saying like yeah what what's he on about like you were rubbish like you were you were lucky we should have won now and I was like I know it's your team but I, I I didn't I didn't think I think a draw would have potentially been a fair result but if you know but I wasn't like God we've got got away with one there 
Uh, again, Matt, I'm, I'm really sorry to keep disagreeing with you, but I I thought we did get away with one just because uh, the cha- the chances that they had, it wasn't just one or two. Every free kick that they had, they had a free header at the back that post, which on another day they go in. Held Acosta will never sleep again for missing that chance in the in stoppage time. So I do think that they had they had more clear cut chances than we did, and you know everybody's been talking about how great Patricia was. You don't come away from a game winning one nil with your goalkeeper being man of the match without being under quite some pressure. And uh, on another day, if the if the ball rolls another way, we lose that game quite easily. I think. Yeah, I, I get that. Like when Costa brought that that down for the, the chance down, I was like, he ain't gonna score because he's shit. Like I just, yeah. I just, I just knew he wouldn't. Like, but I thought perhaps my, my zero rating that I gave him at the Shrewsbury FA Cup game might come back to haunt me, <laughs> and he'd just go to the corner flag and he'd just have that tweet under his top. <laughs> but um, let's talk about the Adama goal. I'm going to credit Adama with it because a, he's my best mate, and you know I don't want to see a keeper go down as an OG. But I think if you look at his start position where he picked that ball up, if that doesn't rocket off the bar and then Mesdiay's back and go straight in. You're looking at gold of the season, surely. I know we've already had the uh, the comp. That's what we need to see more from Adama because we know he's got a bit of a rocket on him. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, Finn, what did what did you make of it? Did you did you you know did you prefer seeing Adama on the left and driving in like that? And... Yeah, as I said before, like if you if it hadn't have gone in off the goalkeeper, where if like Messi had done that, or even I don't know Bruno Fernandez, everyone loves a little um. Are we swearing on? Oh, it doesn't matter. Anyway. Yeah, mate, get with. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but no, yeah, where he picked it up from halfway line, three or four players. But at the time, I didn't really appreciate it because it just felt mm. like a. I didn't like until you watch it back, you didn't see how good it was, and and yeah, I think Adama on the right without Jimenez just hasn't worked. Somehow, Jimenez had this crazy thing in his head where he knew where Adama was going to put it, even when Adama didn't. Like you think of the amount of games last year, like Bournemouth, West Ham, where he'd just be there. For a header, and I don't think uh, Jose is quite on that wavelength, and I don't blame him because, as you say, I don't think I, I don't think Adama knows where he's going to put it either. Um, but from the right, we've seen like in the Crystal Palace game as well on his left, is shooting like if you can just get power mm. on it. Like I remember last season as well, the City one, um, Tottenham as well. Spurs, yeah. He's got yeah. got a rocket. It doesn't necessarily have to be too accurate, and if yeah, you can do that more on the left. Adama for less than ten million. Oh yeah, 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 still, yeah. Come on, mate. <laughs> no, I'm only joking. <laughs> only teasing. That was, you know. But my point was when I was saying that was that um, in the January transfer window, had if you if Wolves were linked with signing a winger who hadn't scored or hadn't assisted for forty odd games, and it was any more than 10, 15 million, fans would be angry with that. It was would what my point was. I, I don't think Adama it. will get. <laughs> Neto hasn't. He's he's contributed. No, no, last year. But yeah, sorry, go on. No, it's not like a backtrack to me. If you ask me. But 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 Neto, Neto, when he did come, everybody was saying ten million for him. But now, you know, they they did, didn't they? When when he came in, but I could see Traore going in the summer just to to raise funds to be spent elsewhere because he's still of such a unique player. But he's not contributing to the levels that he was previously, and I don't know what that is. Whether it's just because Jimenez is injured, or uh, maybe we will see an upturn in his form now that he's playing on the left. I don't know, but he, um, he there's something about him that is very, very special, and that we unlocked for for six months of last season. But he's just not consistent. But we knew that anyway. We knew he wasn't going to be able to keep that up because it was just an unbelievable spell of form that he was in. 
the start of last season. It's one of those he, players though, where you look at his like his, his his output and you think, God, he must be shit. But then you watch him in a game. It's like well, he literally yeah. he takes the game. He takes the game by the scruff of the neck, and he does he does take three or four players with him. But it, people say that, but the attacking output is what win, wins us games. So I do get your point. He's he's also very frustrating in general play. Like uh, I can't remember which game it was. We were chasing the game a few weeks ago, and Neto and Podens were busting a gut to close defenders down and try and win us the ball back. And Traore is standing still watching them go by. It, it's not the, the team ethic and the team ethos that that you would expect. You know, all eleven players have to play in the same way, and to just watch him sort of stand there on the touchline watching those players go by is. I can't imagine that Nuno would be very happy with that. And it's not even a kind of thing that you can say, oh, well, you know, it's a Dharma. If you're desperately trying to win a game or save a game, everybody's going to be pulling together. He, he doesn't do that for me. But he, like you said, he, and it's not even as if just the drawing players away, he does create chances by bursting up the field 30 yards. He gets us out of danger as well. Sometimes when we're under pressure, he can just release him. It's like a Rory Delap long throw, but with legs. Kind of. What a, what a great analogy. <laughs> anyway, moving on to the next three games, chaps. Um, Newcastle, City and then Villa. Finn, how many points can you see us picking up out of those three games? It's got um, to be How many points can you say is acceptable? Yeah, it's, uh, the City one, I don't know. If it feels, I always feel like with City, just like when, when Watford beat us in the FA Cup, if anyone can beat City, I think it's Wolves because of how we play. I think we've like 3-1 was a... Uh, yeah, it didn't sum up the game at all um, earlier on in the season. Um, but you've realistically six has got to be like if you got six, you'd be happy with that. Surely seven would be ridiculous. How about if you um, got you beat Newcastle and City and got pumped by the Villa? Oh no, you can't be having it. Oh, could you? Like, what um, order they're in? Is Villa? Is it Villa net? No, no Newcastle, Newcastle next. City then Villa. So it would literally be like a happy, happy. Yeah, I don't know. Would you rather <laughs> have it as happy, sad, happy? I don't know. Uh, but no, no, yeah, you, six and I'd be really, really happy. City just look unbelievable at the moment. Like I'm looking at the the FPL and, and City have got a double game week with us in. And I'm looking at captain in one of their players. So that says it all really. Um, yeah. But no, yeah, six would be, you'd, yeah, take that all day. What about you, Tom? What, how many points can you see us picking up in the next three? Well, the only thing I'd say about Man City is that they've won 18 games now in a row in all competitions. Unbelievable. There's there's not many runs in world football that are longer than that. Is all I'm saying. It has to end <laughs> at some point. So and I you think, think TNS, really? <laughs> TNS in Wales actually have the record for the longest ever win streak, something like 25 games or something. Yeah, but their their league is all populated by universities. I've, <laughs> I've seen them. They, they beat. I've, I've seen them beat Aberystwyth 10-1 in a game. Uh, and so the I manager, think, they have fantastic wonder kids, by the way. TNS playing in it. Yeah, really? it's ridiculous. It's like. Gold mine. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> anyway, we'll talk about TNS another day. Um, <clears throat> Probably won't. Not going to. I think, <laughs> I think I, the lowest, the lowest that we can accept from those three games will be four. I think we have to beat one of Newcastle or Villa and at least draw the other game. We always draw against Newcastle, so I'm, I'm writing that off as a one-one as it is. Uh, but then, City's a, is a free hit. It doesn't matter. We're expected to get nothing from it. So if we do get a point, that's a, a free point. Or uh, you know, it's, I can't see us being able to stop them scoring. Though they are just, you know, they're on a one one of those rolls like they were two two years ago when they won the title and they just did not stop winning for a ridiculous yeah. number of games. And they're doing it again. They've won the league already. 
my uh, who'd have thought as well? Like John Stones coming into the team and like striking a partnership with Diash. <laughs> they're yeah. unbelievable, them pair. They're so good defensively. And I think the role that he's found for Cancelo as Pep, like it's he's not a right back, he's not a midfielder, he's like almost like a floater. Um, it's kind of like revolutionised how they play again, and like they are they are terrific to watch. And like you said, it's not it's not was it eighteen games they've won in a row. Mm. That's not like an unbeaten. That's they've won every single well, one. Yeah. And I, I, for me, it is it is a free hit. Like I wouldn't want us to obviously lose four or five, and I wouldn't be bothered if we like like just contain. But what I don't want us to do is try and match them, which I'm sure we won't under Nuno. And our confidence takes a massive hit. <laughs> Because imagine if we try and play against Man City like we did against Leeds or Southampton in the second half. Could you well, imagine? I think it'd be it'd be a very very controlled performance. We're trying. I think it'd be a carbon copy of was it last season? It feels like it was about five years ago when we beat them there. But you know that kind of game where we just hold yeah. them for seventy minutes, eighty minutes, and then at nil nil think, well, we've got nothing. We've got this far. Let's try and get a win. Throw a Dharma up front and. Uh, see what can happen but as you said their defense now is a lot more secure than Fernandinho and who else was playing centre back that day Austin, 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 yeah. Laporte yeah. so, for quite a while as well hasn't he so mm. yeah. could it be yeah. thinking about it sorry Tom I think my wife no, go on, go on, go on. You. Um, could it be like the record for most midfielders on a pitch at a time if we're playing three midfielders at the back and they've got no striker and Cancelo's basically a midfielder I'm not really sure That's what the one is we have to, have to no, do I mean either well, there we go. We broke it, wherever it is. Probably he's been fantastic, though, Cancelo. But, yeah, it's going to be a difficult game. But the, the Villa game, for me, is going to be like the decider of whether we've really turned the corner, if we take the game to them. Because they've had they've had a, a good season, considering where they were last season. But I still think they're there to be got at. And yeah. if you look at the game at Molyneux, like we were, we were probably the better side, but some calamitous defending from Samedo cost us. But... How, do, you, do you think we've got a good chance of beating a Villa? I mean, it'd be a good morale boost, wouldn't it, Tom? I think that, well, I'm just looking at their form now. So they've won two in their last uh, five. We've won three. Uh, we're only three points behind them as well. So it does, you know, and I made a couple of videos recently talking about next summer and sort of writing this season off already. And people were saying, well, we've still got something to play for. And I said, well, what? Well, we need to finish higher than the Villa. Well, that means nothing nothing to me at all. I don't care if we finished below the Villa or not, but I suppose if we have ambitions of finishing seventh, that's the kind of thing that we need to really push for. I haven't yeah. watched much of Villa recently, to be honest, but their Grealish is probably going to still be out by then, so that's a, a positive for us as well. And I think we, we are owed a good performance in a local derby after the two performances we've had so far this season. So hopefully yeah. this game and then the one on the 1st of May against them lots will uh, we'll right the wrongs from earlier on. Yeah, I th- well, I'd have taken finishing 17th. We beat Albion home and away. But mm. obviously that game at Molyneux, we want to put behind us as, as quickly as we can. <laughs> but like, I, I, I think we've actually got a good chance of beating the Villa. I don't know if Grealish, I know you just said he might be out still then, but if so, that's a, to check a their big... fantasy football teams. It's a, it's, a, it's a big plus point, but they, they have they have improved massively. But yeah, I think it shows like the levels. Like we've had a, I know only two points behind our tally last season, but we've had mm. a pretty shit season. Let's not lie. Like the this football that we've been served up has been rubbish. Whereas they're they're like the European villains, like Don Smith taking us to Europe. And it's like they're only three points in front of us. I know they've got <laughs> loads of games in hand, but I think that does show. <coughs> excuse me, the contrast, but. Moving on to the to the next point, you just mentioned it there. What our ambitions are for the rest of the season? 
where where can you see us finishing now? Like we've we've got was it ten points out of the last twelve? We've got two out of the three games coming up that are winnable. Finn, what's what's the what's the ceiling for Wolves this season? Where can you see us finishing? Yeah, well the the stat that was going around was that we're only two points now off what we had last season, weren't we? Um and then I think we drew the next game last season. So if we beat Newcastle, we're then level. Um, what people haven't really seen is that we then went on a mental run to then finish mm-hmm. seventh. I can't really see that coming. And even though there's that period of, if you look at it on FPL, like Tom was just saying, it's like green, 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 green. It's like Brighton, Sheffield United, um, West Brom. You don't want to play them then. I, I can't see us yeah. getting Europe, to be honest. But it, it's, it's just typical, like, fickle fans, isn't it? If we win one, we're going to be looking up. If we lose the next two, it's going to be, oh my God, what a Fulham on again. It's like, I think mid-table is what we've got to settle for this season. Top half, and I'd be happy, um, which I think yeah. is realistic. So I remember Tim Spears writing an, an article in The Athletic, I think probably two or three weeks after the Jimenez injury. And he said, like, the board's expectations have been adjusted, but they still wouldn't accept anything less than a mid-table top half finish. Mm-hmm. Um, so... Tom, what are your thoughts on it? Do you think there's, a, there's an outside chance we could even potentially sneak into Europe or the bloody Conference League, whatever it's called now? Oh, yeah. I've just, or... uh, just been doing a little bit of quick maths on my uh, pad here. Two so plus two. Are... <laughs> <laughs> there's, uh, there's 39 points left to play for, 13 games. On the live stream I did before the game uh, against Leeds, I said there was 14 games left, obviously. I said if we win half of them, that would be pretty good, pretty good. You know, return. So we won that game. So if we win six of the next 13 games, that gives us 18 more points, which will put us on 57, which is pretty similar to the last two years and has got a seventh place. I don't think we need to be looking at placings particularly because of how our season's gone. I think if we just aim for sort of 57, between 57 and 60 points, uh, then that'll be pretty successful. And I think it's a good aim for the rest of the season. Winning 50% of our remaining games would be pretty enjoyable, I think. Yeah, I think I think fifty percent is a bit of a big ask. But that, the thing that frustrates me the most about this season is you look at the two like West Ham and Everton, and like Everton have strengthened, they've got a world class manager in, but the league's terrible this season, and it was a really mm. good opportunity for us to go and go and do something. Um, so obviously losing Jimenez was 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 gutting, but also like the, the really poor recruitment. I feel like we we really missed an opportunity this season to to go and do something. Would you would you agree with that, Finn? Or do you just think it's one of those seasons where you, you just write it off because there's a pandemic on? Yeah, I, I said at the start of, no, the end of last season even, if there was any season to not get Europe, it was going to be this one because obviously the main thing is going and enjoying them. And this season, yeah, it would if we'd have done something, it'd have been like, oh, typical that we, like, I don't know, won the FA Cup or it was like, oh, we weren't there to see it. Um, but as you say, like, we were further ahead than Everton. We were about on par with Leicester. Maybe they finished a few places ahead, but in my head, before we've all been on that sort of level, if you if you go man for man. Um, and it is frustrating to see that. Even Southampton, I know they've had a... I mean, they're currently losing 3-0. Just conceded a third. Um, so okay. it's not been going great for them. But to, yeah, 9-0. Dallas as well. I just put in my FPL. So that's beautiful defender goal. Um, but no, yeah, it, it is sad to see that. But in a few years, I mean, if we have got the patience with these young players, that, that's what they've gone for, isn't it? In a few years, we should be on that level. It's just going to be annoying in the future if we become a, right, let's have three years of eight, say we sign eight Nori and he makes mistakes with us, then we sell him on. We can't yeah. do that. Like Neto or whatever, you, we've, we've got to now say, right, you guys are with us and then we should eventually see that rise. But for this season, yeah, I'd, I mean, I've just it just hasn't felt real, to be honest. All of it, I, like, no. I've struggled to, to care as much and watching like on this day, today I think it was, it was Norwich winning 3-0 is the last time we saw a goal at Molyneux. 
It's just mm-hmm. a complete, it's completely different. It's ridiculous. Yeah, well, I do feel like really um, detached from from football, and I, I don't think it helps that we haven't been playing great. But I don't know. Yeah. Like, I feel like now when if if we lose, I'm taking the Albion game out of the equation, obviously. But if we lose, like normally it ruins what you can. But now I'm just like. Right, sound like, and then I'm over even an hour. Are you, are you are you the same, Tom? Or do you still feel like you still got that that burning passion for Ramsey Wonders, and you want to live and breathe it every single minute of the day? <laughs> it it comes and goes, and uh, well, m- much like anything else, it depends what's going on in your personal life. I find how much I throw myself into the wolves when I've been living by myself with nothing else to do. I've made a wolves video every day, but now other things are going on. I haven't got the time or the inclination to what to do that, which, you know, it's, it's fine. And, but, you know, everybody watching this video will feel the same. Uh, there'll be moments that where you think, oh, well, who cares that we we won or we lost, it doesn't matter. Or there'll be some weeks where we were distraught. The games that have affected me the most have been the ones that we've thrown away, uh, like the Brighton one, going back a bit further for, at the end of last season, the Burnley one, uh, the Villa one this season, the, just the ones where we thought there was a result there to have that was in our favour and we just blew it away. But again, once I've moaned for two minutes, I'm fine then. Usually, yeah. if you watch my videos, they'll start off being really annoyed and then by the end, I'll be like, oh, well, um, there we go. It's almost like talk, <laughs> talky therapy, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, I think I'll probably speak for a lot of people. Like going to Molyneux every weekend or going to away games, or it gives you something to kind of aim towards at the end of the week, like working Monday to Friday. It's almost like a release and it's not just going to watch a game of football. It's whether you go with your friends or your family and whether you go for a few points before, make a day of it. It's like, it's it's not about just going to watch football. It is an experience and it does it does give you a bit of a lift and an escape. But at the minute, if we lose, I, just, I don't know, probably just further compounds people's misery, doesn't it? Well, me and my dad were talk, talking the other day as well and about that Norwich game because it was... Uh, as teachers, we do things by half terms and we were saying, oh, you know, this half term we were watching Norwich and Espanyol. And uh, and we we didn't even, I said to my dad, oh, can you remember the last like social event that we did? And he said, oh yeah, we went to watch uh, a Pink Floyd tribute band on the 28th of February. I said, no, no. So we went to watch the Wolves against Brighton on the 7th of March. And we don't even see, we don't even see that as like a social event. It's just something that is part of our week. Yeah. We just go to the Wolves and it, we, I mean, I, I was I was writing something the, the other day, which I may or may not put out, uh, just talking about the the feeling of going back to the ground and the full ground, and I genuinely welled up and thought, I can't begin to think about you know walking through. I'm getting shivers up my spine now thinking about walking up the concourse with the lights and the fans and everything. And the, the only thing I could compare it to would be when I went to Glastonbury on the Wednesday when everybody arrived. There was 100,000 people, 200,000 people in this field. And everybody was so excited and been, and been waiting for this moment for so long that one person would just start clapping. And then the whole field would just start cheering and clapping just because they were so excited to be there. And I think that's that's the kind of atmosphere that we'll have on that first game. And then Cody will concede an own goal and we'll be miserable and everything will be back to normal. <laughs> How about you, Finna? But you can't wait to get back in that hospitality, can you? <laughs> in the nice no, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got to have heated seats in the living room. No, uh, no. Um, no, yeah, it's just the whole experience. Even like a lot of the players, like I just get emotional. Like they don't even have a song. Like Samedo doesn't have a yeah. song. You know, it's just like little things. It's just Samedo's got a it, song. I, I bet it's been really hard. Well, he hasn't heard it yet. I suppose no. I'm, I'm going to be on a big one if we sign Eight Nori as well. 
Um, big one for uh, Brian Stone by Arctic Monkeys. It fit perfect with Brian. But anyway, um, it follow, follow, follow. Tomatoes. We got yeah. 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 It's just. It's, yeah, it's good. It's like how like he hasn't hurt. I mean, even unless he's got Twitter, it's just sad that like none of these players have heard. Get the guitar. Yeah. Oh, get the band back together. That's get the it, guitar. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> At him on Twitter. Is it? <laughs> what's, what's your right? But no, yeah, just that. What's the, what's the right well, I just thought I was listening to um, <laughs> I was listening to, yeah, the, the I think it'd be a good concourse song. That Brian Brian yeah Brian saw Arctic Monkeys. So I was, as you say, Tom, I was listening to him do it at Glastonbury. And uh, like in the whole crowd's going, duh, 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 duh. it'd be a brilliant one for the concourse. And then Ryan Eight Nori would fit quite well. Yeah, but, um, yeah. I, I hadn't got further than that. Needs a few more lines. Um, <laughs> studio, he'll 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 lie down a few acoustic tracks for you. You can do the vocals. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, moving yeah, on. Charity single, and we try and get twenty million. Crazy <laughs> signing. Well, uh, yeah, we'll have to try. And, we'll have to try and get some tracks laid down, Tom. Um, right, moving on to our, our last point before we go on to the to the questions is um, is Nelson Samado. He's one that has really divided opinion, hasn't he, Tom? How, how do you how do you feel about Samado? I know the theory paid for him was extortionate, but are you still in the camp of him not being very good, or do you feel like he's improving, or or, or what are your thoughts? I think it's very easy this season in particular to write players off very, very quickly. When we watch games on the telly, you don't get the full picture at all. Like if we're in the if we're in the ground, you have the option to sit and watch Samido and his runs for five, ten minutes and get, judge him on that. Uh, you can't do that. I mean, unless Sky bring back player cam, which they're unlikely to do. Um, but I, I think people have written him off very, very quickly. The fee, much like Fabio Silva, will hang over him until he starts scoring or assisting. Um, the, it's not as big as first thought, though. Again, listening to The Athletic, they've sort of said that if it will only ever rise to 37 if we win the Europa League or Champions League, which at the minute is very unlikely. Um, so I think it's around about 29 million, which is still extortionate. But, but he hasn't contributed enough for me. I think he's got a couple of assists maybe now, but... You know, he needs to he needs to up that. And I do think that he's getting better. I think now with Neto on that side, there's certain certainly better link up between them. And he's got himself into really good positions, but he just hasn't taken those chances. But that again, like I don't want to keep quoting the athletic, but Jackie Oatley was saying that's the kind of thing that you can work on and can improve on. It's not like he just hasn't got a football brain and he can't find himself in these positions. He's doing it and it's just working on those fine fine little details as Nuno says that will push him to that next level and I think the fact that Doherty hasn't done well this season works in his favour as well you know it's not like oh we've sold Doherty and now he's gone and scored 10 goals for Tottenham he's been rubbish and apparently he's leaving isn't he according to Talking Wolves I've seen this morning and uh, should Wolves sign him again (laughs) I put a tweet out earlier on Talking Wolves saying um, would you take Doherty back and I was like oh no Oh, no, 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 that's not part of the narrative, Dave. <laughs> like, I, I wouldn't want him back, but I, yeah, no. I think it's like you said, it is easy to judge players. Like, it's not, it, it, we've not, we've not seen him live. Like, I know mm. you can you know, get the full picture on telly, and I think since we've swapped, uh, switched the wingers over, and it was that, was it Karen Carney, the, the female um, pundit, another one who gets loads of abuse? Um, I think she made a, a, a really good point in the fact that. Traore up um, kind of occupies Samedo's channel and vice versa. So mm. let's switch those um, 
inside forwards slash wingers over. Um, I think I think it's really worked well for for Samedo. But Finn, how about yourself? Did have you have you been impressed with his recent form? Do you think he's really grown into the role, or are you are you still? I don't I don't know how you felt about him before, but he's definitely one that splits opinion, isn't he? But how do how do you feel about him, Finn? Yeah, as a as someone in the sort of FIFA generation, I'm going to defend him to the hills because he's a sort of player that I like, and I think he's completely the opposite because you're either in one camp or the other because he's the opposite to Doherty. Like, uh, I think to quote the Athletic again, Tom, he's like top in dribbles made by a defender, mm. top five in tackles, but people see on the face of it, he's I, I fouled that bloke against Villa and he's made mistakes in a few games and that's the things that people yeah. leave in the back of their head despite him being the most talented dribbler um, of any defender, et cetera, et cetera. Um, I think looking at another stat as well, we've got, he's not necessarily the best fit for Wolves because we've already got fantastic dribblers, the two statistically best dribblers in Europe, looking at that mm. thing posted the other day, Neto and Adama. So whether we needed another one of those, he's not got, I mean, three shots on target in the first half against Leeds and they were they were shot like a fullback, weren't they? They were. You didn't think they were going in and he often has a pop from range and there's not much been going on. I had him in my FPL for the start of the season and he should, yeah, he's done nothing. He's gone now. No assists, I don't think, Tom. I, I'd, have, I'd have known. Okay. But, uh, <laughs> but, no, no, but no, I think... I mean, he was used to a left-footed winger, wasn't he, with with Messi um, in front of him, and then having Adama taking up his right-footed space. I mean, he's got arguably got arguably Messi again now, hasn't he? Um, <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> but no, I think it's going to work a lot better. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, I really like him. Um, I, I feel like he's much more suited to a back five than a four. I think in a four, he's he, mm. he's a little bit suspect, and I know that Wolves Nuno didn't intend to play at the back four. That's where they mm-hmm. signed him as a wing back, and I feel like that hasn't helped his, his chances at all. Having to switch to a back four, I know he played at, at Barcelona in a back four, but I'd like to think that the, that Barcelona side is probably a little bit better than Wolves, the Wolves of this season. Um, but I, I I really like him, and I think he's definitely growing. But like you said, it it, it it's easy to compare him to Doherty purely on Doherty's attacking output. Like I wasn't Doherty's biggest fan, but one thing he he, he would get you is goals and assists from that position, but. He's starting to occupy those Do- Doherty Doherty esque positions now. Like in the Leeds game, he, he made some great runs, but yeah. like you said, he's just snatching at it a little bit, isn't he? But do you think? Do you think the goals will come for him, Tom, or as as it might, maybe probably towards the tail end of the season, start of next season? Maybe not goals, but I think he will start contributing assists or chances. I think more frequently uh, from now. Um, just because he is occupying those positions, and they w- they will come. Uh, I, I think as well, having Johnny back into the team might might be an impact, have an impact on him as well. Just watching somebody on the opposite side and what is it that he does that I need to be replicating on the right hand side, I think is really important to to watch. And yeah, I, I, I mean, he's not leaving in the summer. He's going to be a mainstay in the team again next season. And I think with fans in and with with Jimenez maybe fit for the whole of next season, I think it's uh, it's something that we can start looking forward to and. You know, Doherty wasn't the best finisher. You know, when he first was at Wolves, he, he took him a long time to develop into the player that he was when he left. And even like when he used to cut in onto his left foot, that goal against Manchester City, right, he, wasn't, he wasn't ripping them home though, was he? He was very, very careful and placed it. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't. I think it was one against Reading as well in the Championship season. You know, it takes time to develop these skills, and they're still humans they're still players and that we're trying to challenge them by putting them in different positions and asking them to do different things and it, it takes a bit of patience and a bit of time which is why i think this season's been perfect and i think that's why we've had the the transfer window that we did have with all the young players because they sort of had written this season off as a 
anomaly already in preparation for two or three years' time. Yeah. Cool. Gonna ask you, uh, we've got a few questions in from Instagram and Twitter. Uh, we're gonna start with a question off Ad Sidway, who's, who's a friend of the podcast. Um, I'll ask you first, Finn. Do you see us signing like Nuri on a permanent deal? Is it, yeah, 20 million? He hasn't shown that value, I don't think. No. But there is a, I mean, the, the thing that we scouted him for, and a lot of people were pointing out before, um, before he joined was his crossing was brilliant for a young player. And I can't think of many times where he's had the chance to show that where we've been going forward mm. enough. We haven't seen the best of him. There's definitely, I, I could see him being one of them ones where not Pedro Goncalves-esque, not that, that good, but one where he yeah. like a one that got away. But I, I don't know. I think there's a player to unlock there. We just haven't played to his strengths. Um, but at the moment, you, you couldn't really argue that we've seen 20 millions worth, whether someone else mm. will. I don't know. How about you, Tom? Do you reckon they'll sign him on a permanent? Well, comparing him to Vinagre, a player who cost us three million, five million, something like that, of, of a Stay very similar age, very, very similar ability <laughs> at the time. I don't think that um, we would have paid twenty billion for Vinagre if, if I answer the question like that. I didn't sign him on my football manager save either. He played most of the games for me, but I still let him go. He didn't contribute enough, and I. Uh, I actually recalled Vinagre from his loan. He's been That's, really good yeah, for me. Yeah, you make a good point there. So you can either spend twenty million on Outnuri, or you can recall Vinagre back. Who I probably say Outnuri is a little bit better and probably I don't know has more potential, but it's it's a lot of money to spend on someone you're not going to you know who hasn't really hasn't really done it that season. I mean, I know his game time has been limited, but mm. I remember the Palace game in his debut. I thought we've got Roberto Carlos here, look. <laughs> Broke unbelievable, <laughs> and then yeah, he had a few bad performances. But it's it's just, it's the same with like Vitinha and Jose. Like what yeah. Vitinha like twenty twenty five, Jose twenty like say sixty that's million. 60 million yeah. That's probably that's one Adama Traore. <laughs> Not in your house, it isn't. <laughs> Six. <laughs> but, um, that that's uh, going to be probably most, if not our transfer budget for next season. So. How, how do you feel about Vitinha and Jose? Tom, do you think they'll sign either or? or? I think it's too it's too early to decide on Jose. He has yeah. contributed a lot for me. I, I've really liked the impact he's had uh, replacing Jimenez. I think it would be cruel to, to judge him on his goals and his assists at this point. And it's too early to decide whether or not we'll be paying £22 million for him now. Vitinha... Again, not seen enough of him. I think it, the chance now for Nuno is to to look at these players like him and Otisawi, uh, to just name two, but there are others as well, and throw them into the team for half. You know, we've got thirteen games left. They should be playing eight or nine of those games, and really, you know, show me what you can do. And you know, I haven't seen enough of Vitini to make an honest comment. I don't think I would be paying twenty million for him at the minute. Yet again, he's another player I didn't sign on uh, on Football Manager. The end of the season. We've got another question here, um, and it's it's one that we do get that comes up quite a lot. What positions do you believe we need to invest in the summer? Thing? Not players, central midfield. Yeah, midfield. Yeah. 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 yeah, I know the players. I know the players I'd want. I go Sanchez. No, but yeah, we'll go uh, a central midfielder, a centre back. You just that Ruben <laughs> Diaz one is just it's horrible, isn't it? Just to think that if we'd have no. coughed it up. But, I, um, don't, I don't think but no, yeah, I can't, yeah. really don't. 
No, yeah, it's, it's just a shame. Every Portuguese player that goes somewhere, even like Andre Silva, now getting like Bundesliga Player of the Month, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah. should have been ours. Um, but no, yeah, I'd have got you need a dominating centre back, preferably. I know if Bolly could go to the left, couldn't he? Either foot, with not fussy, just a big centre back. That's what we need. Cody, Bolly, and whoever. Um, not Hoover, that is. That's someone else. Um, a centre midfielder. If you don't get Jose, which I don't know, I'm not undecided yet. Then you need a and you need mm. another striker. You can't go in with just Jimenez and um, and Fabio. And then if you don't get eight Nori, would you need another left wing back as well? I've banged the drum for Dwight McNeil for a long time. I think he'd be perfect mm. as a wing back, but the cost that that's going to be to then possibly be in reserve. If you could have those three: Johnny, Semedo, McNeil, Johnny to be able to play either side, that'd be really solid choices. Um, but sorry, I've just named loads of names there. But what, what do you think, Tom? It's all right. It's, uh, I think with the McNeil one, he's probably going to want a bigger move, isn't he? Because I know mm. Burnley to Wolves is a step up, but I think he'd probably want a, a bigger step up than that. And I think he he's not had a great season this yeah. season, but I think he could go and play at a, a, a better level and he's still only young. But how about yourself, Tom? What, what positions do you think we need to strengthen? Are you still in the camp of replace Cody? Yeah. Yeah, I think I do. I think that um, <laughs> some things just don't change. Exactly. Well, he listen. He's not Come very on. good. Don't, don't, don't get splinters in your ass. Don't sit on the fence. Tell us he's, this is why you're on here, Tom. Come on, lay the law down. So I, I, I've got no problem with Cody himself, and I think it would be foolish to sell him. But his market value at the minute, I looked at recently, he was twenty-two and a half million. He's got an England cap under his belt. He's at his absolute peak of his market value. So if we're looking at players to sell to get money in, he would be one of the two players that I'd be looking at selling. The other one being Troy Ray. Just if we're talking about you know trying to raise sixty million to sign three players, there's your sixty million right there. And one of those players, regardless of whether we keep Cody or not, we need to have a top quality centre back. We haven't we haven't improved the defence since two thousand and seventeen. Vallejo came in was rubbish. Kilman has come in and has been pretty solid, but is not somebody who's, you know, going to take us to the next level. He's going to keep us where we are. So we needed centre back desperately. Uh whether that's to play in a centre of a back three or somebody who's capable of doing both, I we need, you know, we need to have somebody who's good enough to do both really. Then centre midfielder as well. A creative centre midfielder. I think probably uh I mean, I, again, my knowledge is purely based on football manager, but Danny Olmo, that kind of a player, somebody Three who's going to... Yeah. Yeah. I know, he's another one that got away, but we, we need somebody who is going to link the attacks up a little bit better and provide a little bit more. I think we've got enough in in sort of reserve with different members of the squad if we keep Sace and then Dendonka in terms of muscle in midfield as well and Ottosawi, if he sort of proves himself over the summer and next season. I think we've got enough there, but we need a creative midfielder. And then it might upset you, uh, Finn, but I think we need to be thinking about him and as his return, because I don't think we can, we cannot rely on him to be as good as he was when he, before he had his injury. It would be really, really naive to just think, oh, him and will come back and he'd be the same player. We don't know the, the trauma that he's been through and the, the, you know, psychology of what he went through as well how he will come back is unknown. The fact that he will come back is really, really positive and I'm happy with that, but we cannot rely on him as our number nine going forward. We do need another top quality goal scorer, which costs you 
50, 60 million again. So we're looking at, I think it's going to be quite a rebuild in the summer, but the, but there'll be a lot of, uh, you know, we might see some favoured faces leaving to bring in some top, top quality yeah. core sort of spine of the team. But, it's all right, Finn. We'll we'll find you some views some elsewhere. Don't get too upset about what he's saying, mate. <laughs> well, uh, well, that's what I said. Do you see that um, Mexican striker come through? Something called Santiago Munoz. Yeah, um, Munoz. Yeah, he, where was it at? Yeah, like that like goal. That oh, mate, if we signed him, that'd be perfect. <laughs> um, Give the title now, now Matt. Say again. Give the title. We've uh, we've got we've got one more question here, and um, <clears throat> it's about Adama Traore. And should should Wolves be selling Adama Traore this summer, and at what price? I'll ask Finn first, so Tom can have a think about what he's about to say. <laughs> but uh, Finn, would we sell Adama, and if so, what price would he go for in the summer? Has he got two years left, and he's currently yeah. not signing? Yeah. So if he, if he's going to say, well, I'm, I'm not signing, then you, you've got to look at it, haven't you? But for me, I, there's no way I would like. He's one of those players where the the stats just you you can't replace a guy like that. As Nuno says, he's unique and da, da, da. he's got faults. He's obviously got faults. He wouldn't be at Wolves in the first place if he didn't. But as a selfish fan, that like he's a reason that I watch Wolves almost. He's one of the main reasons where you can be excited for a game. Mm-hmm. I'd never sell him. But if he is going to be like, right, I'm not set. I'm not. Um, signing like you, you can't let him go for free in two years, can you? So, you would have mm. to at some point. What's going on there? I don't know. It must be that argument between Wolves saying, Well, look at your stats. Like, like it's got to be somewhere between that, hasn't it? He's got to be asking for loads. Yeah. I mean, you look at it in a more of a Jimenez sense that his brand from when he joined Wolves, whatever money he's on, what he brings Wolves now, like his following's like gone up eight, tenfold. It's ridiculous. Mm. I'm sure they've asked for a lot more than realistically he's worth on the pitch, but um. I just really hope it gets resolved, but if not, then unfortunately, we may have to look at it. Sadly, his agent is as always wherever he's been. He's been like very outspoken in the press and all. As always, kind of mm. tried to get the most money for him by leaking stuff to the press. Like I wouldn't be surprised if it was agent talking about the Leeds United transfer and stuff just to try and try and try and force the club into into submission, um, which which is disappointing really. But he probably looks around him and thinks, well, if Jimenez is on say 120 grand a week well I'm as important as him I want that money but mm. doesn't necessarily work like that but Tom it, would you sell Traore in the summer and if so how much uh yes I, I would now I think I think it's probably I'm not being I'm not being nasty or <laughs> no, I'm not being uh, or anything like that but I th- uh, and I, th- I do think that Foson will sell him I think they're looking at players and their peak value and what they bring to the team and I I and like Finners has just said now about the the contract sort of stuff, it's not something that we've seen with any other player. I don't think we've never seen players push for new contracts under under Foson, and I don't think they like that. I don't think they like having their hand forced. And I think that they will say, well, "Fine, you can go." If he was somebody like Jimenez that, that we can't live without, and that's been proven, then you know it might be different. But I think that it, he, there is nobody like him. But we could replace him with somebody who can produce assists and produce goals. And, you know, there will be another Neto somewhere that we can get playing on the other side. And uh, in terms of a fee, I know his market value, which is nothing to really look at, is 36 million. And you say the same about Cody, is that from transfer market? It is, yes. So I bet that's really unreliable. Bear with transfer market. Sorry to stop me, but it's like, 
it's it's community driven. Like if mm. it's basically just football fans who just put the fingers in the air and say, "Well, he's worth thirty million." Like there's no there's no like formula. Um, yeah, but I do, I do think that's I think that's I think thirty six million is probably realistic at the minute. If if yeah. Jota went for forty five, add a couple of add ten million for his two years of his contract that's left, perhaps something like that. So, uh, four, do you think someone's paying for him? I think someone like City or Liverpool would snap your hand off for him because he's a yeah. I th- Gonna start, but he's he's a he's a game changer, isn't he? Yeah, and I think that's where we've used him incorrectly, probably because of his agent or himself forcing this on the on yeah. the on the club, saying that he has to start games, he has to play. But he's best coming off the bench with twenty minutes to go and causing mayhem to tire defenses, and that's what City or Liverpool or Juventus or Leeds, wherever he goes, will do with him. And uh, you know. That's so he'll be good. When, when Pedence comes back and he's fit, does Pedence start over Trail right here? Uh, uh, I'd give him a go, yeah. And, and yeah, I think and, I mean Pedence has scored goals and he's he's contributed assists this season, so he's on paper he's contributed more than Trail right. It's a very good point. Um, we've got one final question. It isn't football related, but I felt like it really needed to be asked. Um, and I'll, I'll ask you, Finn. It really did like. It really did make me think. Um, do you reckon you've ever seen the same pigeon twice? So now we're getting into the proper stuff. Um... This is, this is <laughs> after hours, this is what they want. The end of the <laughs> yeah, if you've got to an hour and five minutes in, then let us know in the comments. Um, just a yes or no. It's an in joke. Um, but uh, surely, if you're if you're on the same daily commute, you're seeing the same one. Surely. But you can't. I mean. I mean, it, it, again, it is just fingers in the air kind of stuff. Like, you, there's no guarantee. What about you, Tom? Do you, well, I, I don't think I've, I've ever seen the same pigeon twice. Yes, definitely, definitely have. They roost in the same kind of places. They, I know that there's definitely a couple that they do the same. Animals do the same thing every day. They go yeah. and they bounce along the the same bit of the fence, and they and they go, they go. So that's you know. I'm fairly sure I've seen at least one pigeon once. I mean, it depends how long the time is between seeing the pigeon as well. So, like, if you look out the window, look at the telly, and then you look back. No, obviously. Does that count as... No, <laughs> within, like, the same day. Like, say... Oh, same day, the... 100%. Tomorrow, yeah, then, you saw it, then you saw it Thursday. It'd have to be that. It couldn't just be, like, you look, close your eyes and open your eyes yeah. again, it's still there. Like. <laughs> I might be wrong as well, but I don't think they're migrating birds. So, they. it's not like they disappear in the, in the summer and then come back... Uh, sorry, just in the winter, obviously. Sorry to any uh, Avery fans. Uh, just in case Bill Oddie pops you. We've also had another one, and I wasn't sure to ask this, but again, it, it's one that people will want to know. Is, is is a hot dog a sandwich, Finn? No, uh... Oh, my. Um... <laughs> No, no, but no, but it's in a bun. A bun. I'm going to go no on that one. Is a burger a sandwich then? If that's how you. Oh, I would. I don't know. It seems too exciting to be a sandwich, doesn't it? What about you, Tom? Is it is a hot dog? I'm going to read you the uh, Oxford Dictionary definition of sandwich and you can make the decision for yourself. So it's an item of food consisting of two pieces of bread with meat, cheese, or other filling between them, eaten as a light meal. Not my words, 
the words of Oxford English Dictionary. So I'd say no, because it's not two separate pieces of bread. It's one, as Finn said, bun or bun well, or cob. Uh, that was the, the million-dollar question that they've all waited to the end for. Um, hopefully, we'll, <laughs> we'll have some similar questions in the next few podcasts where people can just fast-forward to an hour to really get the good stuff. But, gents, <laughs> it's been an absolute pleasure. Um, hopefully, we can do it sometime again. Tom, where can people find you, should they wish to follow you and give you loads of abuse about your Dharma slander? You can subscribe or unsubscribe from The Old Golden Black on YouTube. Uh, you can look for me on Twitter as well, but... I'd, I mean, the content's very questionable there, but that's Rouse every weekend. Rouse every weekend. Finn, where can people find you, should they wish? Yeah, I've been been bullied off the platform, but I'll be back soon um, on YouTube, F-I-N-E-R-R-Z, Finn is in that same on Twitter, Instagram. Um, hopefully, we'll be back how, soon. How come you've not been uploading? Was, was it because of the, the Albion game? I mean, yeah, talk- well, I, I would have. Oh, no, yeah, I could do it quick. A lot of people that were doing the, the Vlogbox thing sort of, got uh, sort of refused anymore they said like one of my mates was went out to walk his dog and people were quoting the bits that he was shouting at Albion at me oh. so I'm not doing it anymore um my sister got quite she she's normally used to very positive messages um and she wasn't getting some so she's like I'm not doing it anymore mm. and then so we've just given it um given it a few weeks I don't know when when we'll come back boys uh no yeah it's annoying that they sort of bullied us off I've seen myself on TikTok that was lovely getting laughed at um so I, I'm multi uh, multi-platform now uh, <laughs> but no, yeah, it's a, it was a, it was a, a real reality check that one. I, I think what some people didn't sort of understand is that I edited it afterwards and I went for sort of irony. Like I could have easily left out the bits where we're all going like, have that, did it? You know what I mean? Like we're going to win five That's one or whatever. Like camera. <laughs> <laughs> but it just sort of yeah, I d- it, it got taken sort of the wrong way. I took it as like a joke. All right, let's all laugh at ourselves, and it sort of people weren't sort of seeing that. So hopefully, I yeah, will be back soon. Um, there was a lot of losses in a row and not scoring. I just thought, God, yeah. I'm just going to get bullied off again. So we've left it. But now am I, now we're winning. I might crawl back. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah, well, that's why yeah. I came back to Twitter because we were winning again. Because yeah, we'll I couldn't play. Exactly, yeah. you know, I am an happy clapper. <laughs> um, but yeah, hopefully, mate, you be back on there and, and producing the goods soon. Um, you can find me, if you wish to follow me, at M. Cooper Writes, Writers in Britain, Talking Wolves across all socials. And if you've enjoyed the podcast, if you're on YouTube, like, subscribe, and leave your comments down below. If you're listening on um, Audible or Spotify or, or Apple Music, don't forget to leave us a five-star review. And I, I, I hope you've enjoyed it. I certainly have. Have you enjoyed it, fellas? Oh, yes. Loved it. Loved That's it. And uh, don't forget, our pigeons... Um, what was it? What's the question? <laughs> our <laughs> pigeons. Have you seen the same pigeon twice? Yeah, don't forget Or leave to... us a review with that exact quote. Yeah, yeah. that would be great. <laughs> Until next time, all the best, and I'll catch you very soon. <laughs>